Hey there, sports fans, and welcome back to NME. No man enters, and only one leaves. Today's fight is Kirby versus the gigantic Mecha Tank Dragon. I'm your host, Zane. And I am Meta Knight. And I think we can both agree, we're looking forward to a good fight. Kirby is so far undefeated, but that tank is looking pretty strong. Jis, it seems always that he's just on the verge of defeat before pulling off an amazing upset. Well, it doesn't look like he's off to a good start here. The tank is just steamrolling him. There's no weak points at all. Quite literally, Zane. Uh, it, it appears as though he's just being just being printed into the earth over and over again. And I believe he's now being pounded into the earth with very, very sharp and heavy objects. Meta Knight, you've, you've seen Kirby fight before. Could this be some sort of strategy to lure the tank into a false sense of security? That's an excellent question, Zane, and I can tell you that strategy has never entered Kirby's mind even for a moment. I'd say the victory, all of his victories have relied solely upon his trainer, that of Tiff. Yep, well, Tiff can't help him now. It appears that... Oh, oh! The tank commander is so overconfident that he stepped out of the tank and has started throwing a rock at Kirby. That's not a good idea. I, I don't understand why they always do this. They they have a perfectly heavy object that Kirby could not possibly swallow. And, well, oh, yep, oh. you see it there? He's now a rock Kirby. Oh, and he is getting in front of the tank treads and, oh, it is derailed and into the chasm. I cannot believe it. It's an exact repeat of the gigantic metal bee that shot smaller bees with electrical affinity. And the ref says, it's good! Once again, Kirby is our undefeated champion. What a fight. This is truly a Dia de los Muertos. Well, tune in next time where we'll be watching Kirby versus his own existential dread. Looks like it could be a close one. Jeez. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that went great. <laughs> Kirby versus a coloring book. <laughs> Kirby versus yarn. Kirby versus <laughs> racing. Did you see the new video game that just came out? Oh, isn't that like a. Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, what is it? It looks amazing. Kirby Planet Robo Bobot. No, that's not even. <laughs> it's Kirby. But now he's in robots. <laughs> you know, I, I really like the, I really like the approach they take with Kirby, which is never making him even the tiny. Like he's beyond the threshold that you would need to have to make a character serious in any way. Yeah. Like Mega Man and Link have already they they crossed their threshold first because you know they have lethal weapons affixed to their being. Yeah, the raw materials were already there. Yeah, and Mario is at least passably human, which might have some sort of drama behind it. <laughs> but but I guess they just couldn't like if they wanted to. It it seems as though Nintendo may have wanted to make serious stories with Kirby but just never could manage it. And it's so funny like the way all of these all of the, the franchises just derailing into, 
let's make him fight a yarn guy. <laughs> yeah, after after Crystal Shards, I feel like they're just like, look, there's no way he's going to be like a badass. <laughs> which is yeah, which is kind of funny because Half of the time, he's an intense badass, and the rest of the time, he's this weirdo goofball that you can't ascribe even, like, any form of internal conflict to. When you think about what he does, like, he can eat a ninja, become a ninja for, like, like learn a lifetime of skills, use them for a minute, and then be like, I tire of this. Yeah, he's like he's like a hero's character. <laughs> he, he's like Peter Petrelli in that way. <laughs> I fly now. Get used to it. <laughs> Get used to it until I feel like not. Nah. No. What are those apples? Okay. Apple, apples are sweet. Mm, naturally mm, tomatoes. Sweet. Um, um, okay. But so, we but we should introduce our show, which uh, is yes. not the super ultimate fighting robot team. Yes. My name is Midnight. <laughs> and I'm Zane. And this is the Carton Cast, where we watch old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. And today we are watching. Kirby, right back at you. It's Kirby's Carton Candy Parade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the ben. fluffiest, most <laughs> most soft color palette, jovial character proportions. Just just take a quick, just lie down. It's it's nap time, everybody. I don't Look know if you knew this, Ben, but the American scene. Carton cast is hardcore. Yeah, um. the, I, I I'd heard I heard rumors. <laughs> Wait, no, that so, means yeah. that we're the that means that we're the hardcore ones. What are, so, what's the Japanese cartoon cast like? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of, like, random tentacles and weird references. <laughs> no, Every just, eight episodes or so, they watch an American cartoon and they're like, It's just what a regular radio show that hosts, like, Yanni music. Why is Elvis so strong? <laughs> Why does he keep flirting with the women? <laughs> <laughs> he, there's no way he can beat, uh... uh Wait, what was that one guy who's like Chuck Norris, but in Japan? Chuck Norris still? No, never mind. I was thinking like so Sotir Sanjiro or a sat like Sega Sanjiro or something like that. <laughs> the new Sega Sanjiro. He, he's like. Can play Lion King on it. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. He, he was like a uh, he was like a spokesperson, like a like a fictional spokesperson for an entire line of uh, video games. Or video game systems. I've never Sega heard Sanchiro, of this. Sega Sanchiro, I think. No, I have no idea. He's got the greatest theme song. You should check it out. But okay. anyway, that is that is as far away from Kirby as we could possibly get. Yes. Uh, because as we, we know, he is not Kirby a Sega character. As a... Uh, as an anime, Kirby right back at you, as an anime based on a popular video game, Franchise. or rather a series of popular video games, because Kirby is one of the most iconic video game characters. Yeah, he's a Nintendo dude, and he's been yeah. around for quite a good quite a good spell. Um, I, I have a great affection for pretty much everything about Kirby, now that I think mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. I, I don't think I dislike much about kirby like the gameplay is all solid the aesthetic is so timeless and like satisfying yeah well now i remember during our Mega Man episode you had a similar like reverence for the source material and uh they're very different sources how would you say like why are both of them so um well, well, they so appeal to a, and entertaining. I think they appeal to a different demographic for one thing. Like Mega Man is is a little bit edgier, especially with the advent of Mega Man X. Kirby never really got 
elevated beyond its like kind of derpy aesthetic you know it's always appealing to kind of like you know early teens for the most part derpy derpy is a great word for it yeah he's just got derp face he's got he's got resting derp face and uh you know i think we're gonna talk about it a lot here but the problems that i had with Mega Man are entirely excised with the pro- for the problems I have with the with with Kirby here, like I mean the adaptation from the franchise to a TV show, it's mm-hmm. so much better here. All the problems that I had in Mega Man, um, which I will get into, none of them appear here. Like they really knew what source material they were working with. Yeah, I mean it's it's totally consistent with the games and uh, exactly. You know, it's like like we alluded to in the intro. There's this constant uh, uh, tension that's never really that serious. It's never serious, but it's always there. Yeah. And it's always there in the games, too. Like, you can always see dark matter, like, on the fringes, right? You don't forget that Kirby is a hero, like a warrior hero. Yeah. I mean... But those terms mean something different in this universe. Uh, Kirby... Kirby's... I don't know. This is, like, a really weird thing to talk about because Kirby is such a fascinatingly opaque character well let me give let me give a little bit of the background on kirby please do um he was invented in 1992 for kirby's dreamland first by, uh... he first somebody drew drew a circle <laughs> and then they done then they no then they dotted the eyes uh add a great big smile and presto we got kirby uh he was meant to Ch- tell me Masa- you remember that phrase that thing right i don't it's like a it's like a little intro to like one of the first kirby games is awesome. it's just like this like really like rhythmic kind of jingle it's like you're gonna have me uh, uh cut in a lot of youtubes here i don't think this one actually was like i don't think it had words that were spoken i think it was just like <laughs> draw your own kirby well it, no it was uh it was still an intro to a game but it had like in text you know like the text you would read is first you draw a circle then you dot the eyes add a great big smile and presto it's kirby oh. That's so cute. I know, and it stuck with me for all these years because it's so like Kirby's so simple as to, like the more simple things are the more iconic ones, the more interpretive things like the Smurfs. Mm. So um, yeah, and I'm by the way, I'm gonna want an excuse to cut in a lot of Kirby music as well because that's also top notch. You got uh, it. So here's one. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Kirby that was invented sucked. by I don't Masahiro Sakurai, who also directed the Super Smash Bros. series of games. Yeah. Um, and most of Kirby's games have been developed by HAL Laboratory. Sakurai has really fascinating trajectory because he he started like so like I don't think that many bad things are said about him because he's been so prolific in, in many beloved franchises. But mm-hmm. he's sort of turned the corner and there's an excellent game theory episode on on him and his involvement I, in Smash Brothers I saw Wii that one. U where he sort of turned the corner and like the fandom has gotten away from him and in sort of like a Dave Chappelle's fans like uh, making a mockery of what he once stood for like the Smash world has kind of exploded beyond his control and now he has to gracefully step away right it's it's really strange and, and and sort of sort of tragic but I mean he gave us he gave us Kirby so yes Dis- um so Kirby's design came from a placeholder sprite during development of his first games, and the creators just grew so attached <laughs> to this enough. little white blob, and they turned it pink for Kirby's adventure on the NES when they started adding uh, uh, color. But it's like an um, it's like I'm, 
I'm feeling this emotion that makes me go, gee, I really love that. It's like an emoji or something. <laughs> um, and the name Kirby was done out of respect for lawyer John Kirby. Who uh, defended Artist da- Jack Kirby. I disagree. All right, maybe not. <laughs> You're thinking of Stan Lee again. <laughs> oh, that's um, right. John Beloved Kirby, Kirby character, Stan Lee. Stan Lee. When, you, when you eat him, you gain uh, cameo powers. <laughs> yeah, he's just poking out behind a tree. <laughs> if oh, Kirby hey there, wearing hey Stan Lee's face appeared in every game? No, it's just the sunglasses and a mustache. <laughs> um, <laughs> but John Kirby uh, defended Nintendo from being sued over Donkey Kong's similarities to King Kong. And they were like, here's some immortality, random lawyer. Right. So, yeah, and all you had to do was add Kitty Co- or, uh, uh, Diddy Kong. And then it's like, no, 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 it's a surname. Okay. <laughs> you're not even close. This Donkey of, Kong of the Nintendo Kong. Yeah. When where do you see Donkey Kong lusting after a human woman? No, he just Once. he's just lusting after a banana horde. That's all. Well, uh, I, actually, Ben, in the original Donkey Kong, he captures a woman. It, it's for ransom, Zane. Well, Everyone course. knows this. It's all in fistful quarters. <laughs> ransom, so that he can get more bananas. That's right. His his monopoly of uh, uh I believe he's the corporate leader of dole why hasn't anyone read my book <laughs> <laughs> it's right there it's so obvious wake up sheeple <laughs> jeez <laughs> Zane. oh i don't know if i can handle this joke <laughs> um uh but kirby right back at you the show uh aired in japan on shubu nippon broadcasting from 2001 to 2003 and in the u.s on foxbox from 2002 to 2005 and after that on uh four kids entertainment yeah i believe it's the four kids dub that i'm seeing most of the time yeah that's what i'm used to seeing uh and if you're not sure you can check they um they edited out certain adult references uh, for the American audience, including guns and alcohol, because Americans hate those things. <laughs> also, the scene where Escargoon is giving King DDD a blowjob uh, is is pretty much entirely removed. Yeah, I mean, you, you see the ending. It's like in The Shining when you open that door. Uh, you, like, you see the aftermath. Yeah, it's like DDD says, now get that cream off your face. But, of course, there's, like, a cream pie that gets photoshopped in the background, so. I'm going to clobber you. <laughs> okay, buddy. Um, Sa- <laughs> establish the safe word first. And uh, the show had a couple of episodes tying in the Kirby's Air Ride game, which came out in 2003. Yeah, that I didn't see that episode, did you? I, I went out of my way to find it, and it was... <laughs> It was not as seamless as I think they could have done. <laughs> not as seamless. But it was a good episode. All right. Uh, well, I mean, most of these episodes are kind of solid. Yeah, they're not bad. No. I, they're not They're not overly complex. Like, No, it's... This ain't a murder mystery. No, this is absolutely... We were saying, like, you have to really focus on a Smurfs episode. You don't have to focus at all on a Kirby episode. You right. just wait for that late motif where Kirby swallows, starts, starts sucking up an enemy, which is like the coolest thing ever, and I like oh, started I like... tearing up every time I heard it. It's ridiculously epic for what goes on. I know. A lot of the music is actually very intense. Saying these are Kirby's two speeds, he only does derpy cute and and needlessly epic. Oh man, Kirby's like that. Uh, uh like assassin or something who's like i just want to retire i just want to live out my normal life and the government's just like you gotta come out for one more job and he's like i'm gonna make it quick 
<laughs> yeah, he's exactly. That's what Kirby's like. I mean, once he copies Solid Snake, which is now canon, so I guess so. <laughs> Gets that stupid beard. Oh, it's so good, Zane. <laughs> so dumb. But yeah, we, we don't really need to talk. I don't think it's necessary to like rehash the like broad strokes of Kirby in like no, a detailed I'm- way. I'm sure um, we'll we'll touch on it in time. Uh, just would you just like to get to... yeah, just to get those out of the way. Um, but... Why don't you tell us about what the show is about? Sure, I will. Um, so Kirby, right back at you is um... <laughs> yeah. Let, they're they really going for the fire with fire um, theme. Yeah, I don't I don't really like the subtitle of this show. I guess so. I mean, in in the Japanese right version, Kirby of the Stars, I think it's actually a little bit closer to the mark that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirby right back at you fits the absurd like opening theme, but <laughs> I love this theme. Be- but beyond that, let's like we're not. Gonna I get didn't actually yet. check the Japanese intro. Maybe I should have. It's it's sort of a Monster Rancher esque uh, 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 version of it, and we can talk about it later. Um, but <laughs> they can't leave anything untouched, <laughs> and they shouldn't have. Um, so Kirby, the the broad strokes of a Kirby plot are kind of. Like it's not even adapted. It's it's faithful, re- faithfully reconstructed. Kirby is in an entirely like he. I mean, he crash lands on this planet. I'm assuming Popstar because it's got it's it's referred to the land is referred to as Dreamland many times. Um, he is uh, the only one of his kind of ancient race of Star Warriors, which sounds too complex. But let me get there. <laughs> he is immediately taken in by a bunch of adorable dumb little citizenry and mm-hmm. the cappies yeah and royal like ambiguous royalty king ddd wants him dead for no reason that's your plot um, also meta knight has a big barrel of like the main overarching plot that never really seeps into any given episode <laughs> and so every so often he'll carry some of it around and he'll like make it rain on Kirby little plot points. He's like, by the way, you're a Star Warrior. By the way, we're the only ones left. By the way, Nightmare. <laughs> by the way, here's your air ride machine. Right, and here's a race car. <laughs> Warp Star. <laughs> but for the most part, the plot is just that King DDD wants to clobber dad dare Kirby. <laughs> My God, King DDD is the best. <laughs> And I, I Kirby, really love the character choices they made in adapting this. The voice acting is so goddamn stellar in this show. <laughs> I don't know how they pulled it off. Like, it like started flirting with this could be offensive, but it went past the event horizon by having characters that aren't really of any demographic. Yeah. So it's okay. And also, they're so fun to hear talk (laughs) like you wouldn't if if i had my voice represented by anyone i would feel thrilled because they're all idiotic no one's cool in this show (laughs) except for Um, meta knight but he gets the latin voice well one of the interesting choices that they made was kirby doesn't get a, a voice they didn't change it from the japanese he just makes these sort of inhuman sounds and without getting too far into the audio i think it really works it's 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 a great decision this is this is so much what it had to be um yeah and and uh, this was sakurai's uh idea he had like two conditions for the show he's like kirby cannot speak and also there are no humans 
Cause, yeah, because of course there are. Like, think back to the show or, or the, to the games. Kirby yeah. is both of the things that is represented here. He is an adorable idiot that gets his ass kicked, and he is an unstoppable murder machine that still <laughs> has that derp grin. It's so and good. It's, and it's weird because a lot of times in games and shows, if the protagonist doesn't talk, it's a way for the audience to put themselves in the shoes of the protagonist. But there's no way to do no, that. No, no, here. no. That, that, this is like a strict departure from main character of a show being com- like the complex thing. Like it's oh, he's, entirely he's... devoid of character conflict because he's a baby. And it makes yeah. perfect sense given the game. Now, I want to go out of my way cause... to relate this to Mega Man for a minute. Because yeah, what you ahead. had in Mega Man is sort of this this thesis on um, human, like, like emotion uh, logic duality. <laughs> which is carried out through the games somewhat haphazardly because that's not really the focus. But mm-hmm. it's still obvious that that's what's happening because it's the, the lore bears it out. Right. Um, you know, he's constantly making like kind of evolving himself um adapting to his surroundings by copying new powers it, it it's everywhere it's the whole theme right and then they put him in this new show and he's just action hero guy you know there's there's not much to him that suggests that sort of internal conflict right so you you never once forget that he's a super fighting robot no they will not let you <laughs> um and and so that kind of it made me feel as though this isn't my Mega Man. Here, right. this is absolutely my Kirby. You, this is the Kirby I grew up with. There is no Kirby except this. <laughs> this is the Kirby I murdered so many times. <laughs> this is my Kirby. There are many like it. <laughs> and they're all my Kirby. <laughs> except, excepting, of course, there will be Brawl's Kirby, which is just Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Do you hear them, princess? Do they still... Whisper my name as this butcher. Reopen your wounds, your subjects hope to have long since scabbed. Right. Like, uh, literally just Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, and it's interesting because you, you said he's the protagonist or the main character. He's like the title character, mm-hmm. but he's so much more like just a plot device that the other characters use. So, interestingly... Yes, I, I totally agree. He is a plot device, but he's also the soul of the show because he's both halves of the show that I want there, like that that yes. I'm invested in, which is cutie, cute, cutie, cute idiot running around, saying goofy <laughs> nonsense, perfect, and then also incredible badass that turns the tables, also perfect, and none of the other characters can can handle that. So those duties are relegated to him. And, you know, Tiff and Tuff and King DDD and Meta Knight, they're doing the world building. They're getting shit done on the side. Yeah, this is... <laughs> it's really it's, it's really <laughs> the, the good way subdivision just... of labor here. Ben, the way that you just described that whole thing also works as a description of Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Except no. this is the power of having your main character not talk. It's so much better. Well, it's not. it's not merely that he's not talking. It's that he's given the amount of focus that he can actually deliver on yes very good very good choices i'm gonna say i'm gonna call it subdivision of labor (laughs) that's not what it is but i like it okay um and it sounds like we're kind of talking about the characters full stop here so shall we just keep going yeah do you have anything else to say about kirby i mean 
every other aspect of this show revolves around the things he does. So I think we should get the other characters out of the way first. Sure. Um, I think the next obvious place to go is Tiff and Tuff. Yeah, so these are the, like, young sidekick sort of things, except they have to do the full heavy lifting that a, a normal superhero would have to do. Right, so... Um, right? I, got, I got a lot of um, Penny from Inspector Gadget oh, yeah. uh, fe- feeling from uh, from Tiff, except she's way less horrible to listen to. Yeah, I really like this character. And uh, to set it up a little bit, they are residents of this town called Cappy Town. The residents are yes. called Cappies. They're as cute as you can manage. Really big eyes, like, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of them has like this, like really do- like a uh, soulless gaze is going on. Yeah, yeah, they're just staring off into the middle distance. Yeah, into the void. Um, um, but, they but don't then have they also, any legs. So the cappies. Actually, I want to take a minute and just talk about the cappies. Sure, they delight me. They absolutely delight me. Do you like the fact that they don't have legs? They just have really long oh, feet attached to their dildo bodies? <laughs> no, okay. So their bodies are hilariously like derpy <laughs> like everything else. But the more important part, the, the better part of it is that they're they're the same thing as Kirby. They're doing the same thing that Kirby does, which is half the time being cute and half the time being like like lethally dangerous. <laughs> I'm gonna say that that ratio is a bit closer to seventy thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for 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 all these cappies, they're much more on the side of cute. But like I'm saying, man, those that soulless gaze, it's <laughs> super weird. Um, and I, what I like about it is that if they were just standing stock still, they'd be kind of really creepy statues. But they're doing like this inflatable arm waving man kind of kind of <laughs> waltz, <laughs> constantly in motion. Yeah, just shuffling um, back and forth, like trying to sell me something, and. They're all like, all of the residents, they're not like, um, they're not like a crowd of, you know, copy paste stock image NPC. They all have like these like little affecting character traits. Like this one has like a backwards cap because he's a mechanic and he's got oil on his face. This one's got like a really bristly mustache. (laughs) It's, they're so personalized. They also include some of the Kirby classic mini bosses as like townsfolk. Uh, uh... Ooh, let me get into that one a little bit later. Okay. Because that one's um, more of a tone thing because of how much it's borrowing from the source material. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Sakurai said that the non-human cappies remind him of the Moomins uh, from Finland. What the hell Do are the Moomins? Do you remember Moomins? the Moomins? You don't remember the Moomins from no. uh, those child's, children's books? Not really. Finn family Moomin troll? Moomin troll? What the... F- that is so familiar. What is that? You know, they're, they're these little, like, kind of hippo things that go on little silly adventures with their scarecrow friend that is sounding pretty medic but i don't remember it at all <laughs> um but anyway tiff and let's let's talk about tiff and tough because yeah. tiff kind of takes the place of the actual protagonist and it's sort of like she's wielding kirby as a weapon yeah point point and shoot point and kirby shoot. eat that and use it on that i like tiff for the most part um <laughs> so then did you notice that in some of the fights like, Kirby will get his ass handed to him, and all Tiff will say, like, Suck it Kirby, up. You, you need to find a way to beat that thing. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Duh. Wait. Oh, this mouth thing that I use all the time. I remember. Poyo? Poyo. Um, but, but, well, it sort of makes perfect sense. Like, I don't mind that part of, of Tiff and Kirby's relationship, because Kirby is a baby. He doesn't mm-hmm. really get it. He, he's he, Like, he panics whenever a monster shows up. He just runs away. Or eats. Or eats. Um, so so Tiff kind of has to, like, teach him what to do and when to do it, which I think is pretty fine. 
mm-hmm. you really do get a sense that that she really cares for him. So that's really nice in a protagonist. And she's it much more helps. clever and like kind of she's got more guile than the surrounding cappies and is willing to stand up to King Dedede, which is also nice. Yeah, well well she's she's raising Kirby by example. She's being a role model for how a hero has to act even though she doesn't have the power. Totally. It's almost like she is raising both Kirby and Tough. That's that's what <laughs> well, it sounds Lord like. Lord knows their does. parents aren't. No. Oh my god, I love his I love the 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 guy's name. What's it called? Uh Sir Ibram. Yes, yeah, Sir Ibram and Lady Like. Lake. Yep. God. <laughs> I like Lady Like. Sir Ibram's like, you could have come up with a better pun. It also doesn't make any sense because he's pretty dopey. <laughs> yeah. They're a little bit better. Than, like, there are a couple IQ points above the regular township, but not by much. Which, by the way, <laughs> the township is so goddamn gullible as to be. <laughs> they're such gullible buffoons as to just be hilarious whenever. They have to be. They, like. They don't do anything about this madman. Well, yeah, it allows King Dedede to just steamroll over the town, Fred Flintstone style. But, (laughs) like, I really like Tiff for most of those reasons. The only thing that I don't like is how one of her main functions is keeping the warp star, like, under lock and key. That almost Mm -hmm. seems, it almost seems like they're trying too hard to make her an important character. But she didn't really need that. Yeah, she already was. Yeah. Um... I didn't have too much of a problem with it. Um, it wasn't a huge problem. It was just kind of, it irked me. Yeah. I uh, I thought the relationship uh, of Kirby and Tiff reminded me of Lilo and Stitch. Oh, it's totally Lilo and Stitch. There there were some other similarities in terms of the plot and the, uh, you know, physical differences between the aliens and the natives. Um, but yeah, Kirby has like this playful and very quick learning uh, uh, thing that um, Stitch also had. Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, you're not just using him to fight off the bad guys. You're also, you know, teaching him how to be a person, really. Yeah, so they'll they'll have an episode where they're like, uh, can can we teach him some odd jobs to like? <laughs> yeah, can he earn his keep? <laughs> yeah, Which... God, Kirby, you just saved our lives. How about you cook me up an omelet? <laughs> yeah, without eating it though, it's gonna be really hard to teach him. You know what? But Ben, he's so hungry. Yeah, I don't know how this this economy sustains itself. I don't understand anything about Cappy Town, its economy, its politics. Kirby is an invasive species. It makes no sense. Well, it doesn't need to make sense, actually. And it's one of those things that I love seeing in these cartoony, like, these kiddie shows, is that when it doesn't make sense, the tone of the show allows them not to explain it. Yeah, just ignore it. We don't need to know. It happens, everything works out. Status quo. It's fine. Um, I I did want to... Nope, never mind. Let's go on to King DDD. King DDD. And Escargoon. We can probably talk about them both in one breath. So. Uh, oh God, it, it's so good. It's Foghorn Leghorn in a penguin suit. come from? It's Foghorn Leghorn in a robe. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny I, thing that this show does is they take all the characters and give them like random foreigner accents. Just for the mix and match personality. For, for the English dub. It's so beautiful. I, I can't believe it happened like this. Um, King Dedede and Escargoon are specifically voiced by uh, Ted Lewis, um, who <laughs> saying you're going to love this. Most of the characters in this show are voiced by the same voice actors who voiced the dub of Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Ted Lewis played Bandit Keith, if you remember him, <laughs> that American flag do-rag. Oh, my gosh. Ben, the memories. <laughs> They're all flooding back. 
<laughs> but yeah, I love it because King DDD is this like super stereotypical American who's full of bluster, who needs to be in charge. Not just who, American, like, Southern dance, like Southern gentleman American. Kentucky Fried. Yeah, he's Kentucky he's, Fried. He's the judge in. Uh, he's the judge in. Um, uh, my cousin Vinny. <laughs> he's bona fide. Um, let me let me yeah, give you so, one sentence of his because he loves please. doing this and it sort of lines up with the pun nature of this show. Yeah. Um, Masha, pummel those two polecats. I want you to grind them into grits. <laughs> Verbatim. <laughs> the like <laughs> the plot is formulaic enough that you just tune in to hear him say that kind of crap. It's so good. And his design is so funny. <laughs> like I mean, because he's supposed it, to be like this penguin thing slash nightmare right yeah like I, I don't know precisely what he's supposed to be but it's not a thing that anything else in this world is <laughs> like he's visiting yeah. from an alternate dimension well that's that's true of kirby as well and meta knight for that matter everything that's not a cappy is a last of its one kind of a kind. species yes um Man, this is so good. How does that monarchy work, though, is what I'm wondering. Yeah, so, so he's theoretically a king, and he has enough clout to not get run out of town every time he tries to cause trouble, but he's not powerful enough to just execute Kirby or brainwash his citizens. Yeah, it's like kind They of clearly curious. hate him. Right, they, they, they don't like him, but they him. like forget about him because he's so buffoonish most of the time that he's not like he's not destructive enough to warrant following up on. Like, he, he keeps the trains on time, at least. I... Like, you can sort of understand his motivation in terms of, like, the sort of, like, glorfed commander, like, I need to kill this guy before I can do anything else. Yeah. But. He just but doesn't like change. He was, he was bullying the Cappies from episode one. Before, before Kirby, Kirby showed Kirby up. Shows up. <laughs> yeah. And I don't understand why. <laughs> like, Even in the end? episode, it's not explained. He's like, I, I thought you were going to give me a monster. <laughs> why? Why'd you Why do, do that? You, where did you get this mob connection to <laughs> I don't understand the purpose of, like, he must have just been bored. So actually, I have a theory on this, which sort of oh, good. sort of works. Okay. Um, I think it's one of those cases where the populace is so mild-mannered just because of what they are, species-wise. Didn't want to interrupt. Yeah, no, let's not make That's waves, fine. guys. And it was... <laughs> It was just really easy for one dumb guy to with ambition to take over. Like, I think that's all it is. Oh, I think that he is, like, criminally insane, and he's kind of on house arrest, and they just humor him. <laughs> I like that a little bit better, because he, he certainly is, like, overcompensating for quite a bit. Like, he always wants to build the biggest... He wants to get the biggest monsters. He's always tooling around in, like, this aggressively military tank. Yeah. It, if, so if that makes some sense. You get the sense, like, if they ever, like, you know, told him off or told him his ideas sucked, he would, like, go crazy and kill everybody. I almost think that but he would, like... like, oh, the king. Oh, <laughs> welcome, sir. I, I am actually seeing it as even more placating than that now because, like, I'm thinking that his reaction to that would just be to kind of... um would be to, you know, act real butthurt. Just kind of... <laughs> could just kind of weep and just be like, uh, I thought you guys really liked me. I'm gonna go away now. And, and they just don't want to be mean to him. So they're just like crafting this illusion no no you're 
You're important. You're the most important. You're the king. Yeah. <laughs> we don't just let anybody be king. <laughs> yeah. How would they wear that crown? In conclusion, I have no idea what's going on with King DDD, but I love that he's there. <laughs> and and he's aided by this character Escargoon, who Oh, you mean Beast I, Man? I don't think he shows up in any video games. He's just like a wisecracking snail. I believe he's a cameo a in something, but Three Stooges that's kind of thing about it. it it's yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's got <laughs> such a funny voice. Like it's again is voiced by uh, Ted Lewis, but. Mm -hmm. Escargoon is beholden to him at like a steward, like a Sancho Panza, like yeah. Game of Thrones style steward. It's super weird. Like I don't know. It almost reminded me of Skeletor versus or Skeletor and Beast Man, just because like you're clear that there's some Serbi subservience relationship, but it doesn't make any sense how it was fostered. Yeah, they still hate each other. They just sort of relish their mutual sadism toward the townsfolk. Well, I was actually going to stop it there. It seems as though Escargoon absolutely adores King DDD, despite his <laughs> obvious flaws. Yeah. Like, he's given him, he, like, he gives him foot rubs and shit. It's <laughs> like, like it's he's weird. the only member of the town who bought into this. Like, oh, he's the king. Yeah. I gotta, <laughs> like, I gotta didn't suck up memo. to him. He must be important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just royal ass kisser. He's just taking it way too seriously. Um, he, uh, what I, I kept on thinking whenever I heard his voice was, uh, that, um, the stereotypical Batman villain in, like, the gay camp counselor in that Simpsons take on Batman villainy from the 50s. Alright, that's a bit far down the, the obscure reference hole. Can you, can you refresh me on that? Yeah, it's just like, uh, the, somehow they throw back to, like, Batman characters from the 50s. He's like, oh, you don't want to know how he used to do things. And it would be like, oh no. My worst villain ever, the camp counselor. And it'd be like this guy in short shorts That's who's like, right. go get him camp. Go get him campers. Don't be afraid to use your fingernails. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> That's what reminded me of uh, Escargoon for some reason. <laughs> so I don't know what accent that is other than like flamboyant, but it does mm -hmm. work. Yeah. Uh, like he definitely adds something if only to heighten DDD. It, it's and just gives him a, something to bounce off of. Yeah, exactly. It's it it gives them it gives his abbot a Costello. Mm -hmm. I mean, not exactly in that way. I mean, it gives his Statler a Waldorf. It's one of those like dual pairings where you need two buffoons, not one. Yeah, they they play, it's it's bulk and skull. They yeah, exactly. play off each other and become more than the sum of That's their parts. That's exactly what. It, oh, it is exactly bulk and skull. Actually, it is. <laughs> they even look the part. Yeah, and the fat one pummels the skinny one when he laughs too much. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and that leads us into the perplexing. This is the weirdest character, right? Meta Knight. Yeah, he doesn't. Is what's going on here? Okay, so Meta Knight is voiced by Eric Stewart, who is Brock and James from Pokemon. Okay, <laughs> and also Seto Kaiba from Yu Gi Oh. Hmm. <laughs> No, wait, this Pegasus I'm thinking of. <laughs> Kirby, you've uncovered my trap card. <laughs> and he yeah. is so Spanish. The, the choice to have him voiced by Hispanic boss was interesting. <laughs> it was uh, both... But it, he has, he's supposed to have this Zorro-like appeal. He's exotic and mysterious. Yeah, no, it's exactly what that is. And he's always accompanied by a mariachi leitmotif. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you see him show up, it's always like castanets and, a, and a, like a trumpet. Like... 
And he knows everything. He knows everything, but is unwilling to share anything. He reveals, like, he's the lone survivor of the old breed of Star Warriors, and he's training Kirby. You know, he was disappointed that Kirby's just a baby, and he like, in charge of training, but he just sort of fades into the background for a while. What, what's fun about Meta Knight is that he's carrying uh, the dark subplot from every Kirby game on his back, like a mm-hmm. pack mule. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> like, every Kirby game has this. You, you, you traverse candy-colored kingdoms, you know, eating various appropriately elemental-themed villains and spitting them back out at gigantic robots or whatever. It doesn't really matter how it works. And then at the end of the... At the, at the once all the garbage is done, you beat up King DDD for a while and then fight Galactus. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it's just total tonal shift. It's like the end of Earthbound. Like, it just... It goes right off the rails and goes to the creepiest thing you can imagine that does not fit with a Kirby aesthetic. And they can't tell you about it all the time because that would me- yeah. that wouldn't mesh with the vibe. But Meta Knight yeah. is always dropping these little hints that like, by the way, this is the this is like our entire society. The background is an apocalyptic war. <laughs> an apocalyptic <Yeah>. space war. <laughs> That's where this where, plot is. Where the it's forces so weird. of where the forces of militarism, capitalism, and violent, like, just, just like, empire team up. Because <laughs> um, the way DDD yeah, keeps it, getting these monsters is he, like, sends away for them and gets, and, like, downloads them through the internet from the smooth-talking spokesman. Okay, I, I want to talk about the spokesman in a minute, but can we stay on Meta Knight? <laughs> yes. So, uh, first of all, I love how ridiculously convoluted his backstory is. That, what's that what's really, so difficult about it? Like, the, there's little details, but the idea, the main idea doesn't uh, seem that bad. It's kind of just the main idea that's ridiculously convoluted. Like, he could just be a mysterious dude, but in the fourth episode, he's like, no, I'm the only survival, survivor of an apocalyptic war. And he goes specifically to Earth because DDD is downloading monsters, and he knows that the pop star that Kirby is on is going to deliberately track out planets with high monster-like fraction. And then the next episode, it's like, oh, guys, Kirby needs to take a bath. This is this is all main plot stuff, Zane. <laughs> there's this there's this bizarre combination of cute and horrifying that comes from a kid's show being based on a murder game. <laughs> it's so good. And it's the exactly the right counterpoint to Kirby's silliness, which is what makes the game so great. On the other hand, I think that my favorite Meta Knight is from Brawl in the Family. Do you remember oh, yeah. the backstory there? Uh, not entirely. There's so it's for those who don't know, it. it's this web comic. It, there's this web comic called Brawl in the Family, which started out with really dumb jokes about Kirby eating something that would not normally be eaten in a Kirby game, and making a joke off of what he would devour. For instance, um, he'd be like hot dog, and he'd eat the hot dog, and he'd turn into like this like half pig, half goat monstrosity. Because like, oh okay, <laughs> ha, no one knows what's in those. Um, it very quickly kind of got beyond its scope and like created all <laughs> these weird like relationships between the main Kirby characters, eventually culminating in this like 10 part backstory episode of Cocoon Academy, which is has so many Super Smash Brothers like tie ins and like little nods. And I'm getting kind of outside the scope of what we're talking about here. But the relationship between Meta Knight and uh, King Dedede in that is that. King D- uh, Meta Knight is actually a different, like, another Kirby. 
Like it's the same species. So, oh yeah, I gotta go back and read that. Yeah, it's re- it's like that particular arc is really good because it kind of shows that King Dedede was never really a great, you know, he used to be a hero and his power was management. <laughs> like he could, he told all the characters kind of what to do to get around this like great threat. And that's why Meta Knight cleaves to him so closely. Here, it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> like, okay, he's yeah. their, their, like, master at arms, but continuously dicks over King DDD, who must be just too afraid to fire him. And I, I don't think he notices. <laughs> he just forgets about it? He's pure ego. He is ego. He just, it's, what, it's not about me? Okay, I'm done. But I, I do yeah. love Meta Knight for the reason that he's carrying around so much of the plot that Kirby really just can't handle. Um, <laughs> and as a, a side point, he has two servants that follow him around. Do you, have you noticed these dudes? Oh, Knight and Blade? So, a sword and Blade. Sword and Blade. Who have British and Cockney accents. It's <laughs> great. I don't write that sound. You get into ahead of this one, then. Um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure thing, Frank. <laughs> you, um, you got it, Blade. You know, it occurs to me that the Meta Knight, uh, Tiff, Kirby paradigm that we always see anytime they fight a monster is uh, kind of like, you know, the old master, the current, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a hero, and then the young student, and, and Kirby is kind of squiring it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like it's like Yoda and uh, and Luke Skywalker, except that Luke Skywalker is played by an amalgamation of both Tiff and Kirby's roles. Like, he's the one both with the power and the one who has to interpret the role of the power. But, it I mean, the, the whole old master thing certainly fits what Meta Knight is going for, which is why he never really directly in- involves himself, unless it's very necessary. You want to talk about the spokesman? Yeah, customer service, uh, voiced customer by... Customer service. That's his name. That's <laughs> his canonical name, who is <laughs> a, a car salesman. Name. I love his look. He's a sleazy car salesman that's trying to bilk DDD out of money while simultaneously hassling Kirby to try to get rid of the only threat which, to his master, which what? is, you know, uh, Thanos, pretty much. Yeah, did they ever resolve that? I don't remember. I believe that they did in the end, but I didn't watch those episodes. No. Uh, customer uh, service I... is played by Dan Green. The voice actor is Dan Green, who is the voice of Yugi, thus Aww. completing our ensemble. <laughs> The the thing I love about this plan is they were already going to send monsters to kill Kirby. <laughs> and now they're just getting money off of it. Well, no, it's actually the other way around. They were getting money from King DDD and then Kirby showed up and now they're Oh yeah. And now hey, they're Wait fighting. a second, that doesn't make sense either. No, I mean they're just service providers. <laughs> sort of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, man. We're trying to run a business here. So what I like about him I, what what's interesting is like Customer service really doesn't give much of a function to in in one episode because all it is is like someone for DDD to get pissed off at, which is great. Yeah. That's fine. He he needs more targets, <laughs> but yeah, he needs to feel like the whole world is against him. But what he does is serves to give the story a feel of inevitability. You know, mm. it, it the 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 format of the show is, and this is going to bleed into tone a little bit, is that it is a monster of the week format. Kirby is becoming more competent in his powers. He he has to fight off a, a, a some some type of monster that he hasn't dealt with before precisely. And so what helps swallow that kind of repeated could eventually get boring uh, flavor is that we have a, this this feel of inevitability. We know eventually he's going to have to fight this 
this shit-eating grin, slick salesman kind of character yeah. and whoever and, he represents. And just as Meta Knight slowly fills us in on the past and the context, uh, customer service is foreshadowing the future. So we, we very slowly get filled in on everything we need to know for that final climactic finish to, to be everything it can be. Yeah, and I think but it I don't know great. if it was because I didn't look. No, I didn't either. But I think his his him showing up every episode is really great. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wouldn't change a thing about it. There's a I wasn't sure like you would have to have some uh, some representation of that dark premise that always follows Kirby games around like a stalker, and I think having it like shuffled off to the characters that don't show up that much, like Meta Knight and customer service, is such a brilliant plan. Yeah, like I don't know how I would have done it better in this show, which just shows yeah. you like. This is the power of a good adaptation from a video game. If you know what your base materials are and what makes them good, it's very simple. Yeah, uh, they they found their formula and they got it and it, they made it build. So I, you know, yeah, pretty good. Uh, should we get into the tone and genre? Sure. Uh, so the first thing that I have to say about this is just that the setting of this show has so much personality. It it's really beautifully colored and fleshed out. That town, man, that town, <laughs> and all the like little characters, like the, the the police chief. He could be his own. He could be like he could have his own show. Like there's, <sighs> he, you can you can feel the weight of his job bearing down on his him over the years. Um. Okay, <laughs> I didn't catch that. He's he's um. estranged from his son, who who went off to who to Nappy Town. So I guess what you're trying to say, <laughs> I'm is just saying that, that the characters bring a lot of flavor to the aesthetic of the show, which is like goofy and cute and and fluffy, and all the characters bear that out. They're not just faces in a crowd. Right. They they have their own little you know one note personalities. Um, so it has a lot of personality, and a lot of it is cribbed from the established franchise, but a lot of it isn't. Like all of Cappy Town is an organic, yeah. like, original society just for this show. And it's great. Well, I mean, it, it clearly takes some of the one-note personalities from other anime shows. You know, you, you, you're you expecting a butcher to act a certain way, stereotypically. Um, they do have a couple that are more fleshed out, the, you know, chef and the, uh, you know, librarian and, and little... Chef Kawasaki. Things like that. The, the, the town really adds to the levity and that kind of cute aesthetic uh, for for that half of the show's tone. Yeah. And then the monsters, you know, it's nice because the monsters bring with them this sort of dark and dire, tense, you know, tense energy. Yeah, sort of. And, and when Kirby gets rid of them, you know, it's back to happy time. That's true, for the most part. Like, I mean, the, the monsters okay. aren't formulaically dark and serious. Yeah, well, well, sometimes, you know, they're goofy looking. Because they're Kirby enemies, so yeah. if you if you put you know Krakow against a dark you know stormy thing, yeah. you're gonna see oh he just looks even goofier in contrast. Yeah, like I mean Kirby, <laughs> classic Kirby enemy. Like you get through three worlds of punching Waddle Dees in the balls and some trees and some trees for good measure, <laughs> just just to make sure they stay in your place. <laughs> um, 
and then all of a sudden you're fighting a bunch of guns with googly eyes on them. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what, like this, it follows the same formula as the game so precisely. <laughs> ben, do you remember the very first scene of the series? Uh, it, yes. It's a bunch of sheep getting eaten by an octopus and then their skeletons, skeletons. rain down. <laughs> like a, like a sheep graveyard. <laughs> it's, and they're so cute. I know. It's it's super weird. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, was this show actually hardcore, and I just didn't realize it? It's 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 hard to describe on a lot of ways. Yeah, like I mean that the whole sheep skeleton thing, I I think is maybe even overstepping its bounds a little bit. Yeah, like I I think that's a little bit too well. That's the thing. In too much of a of contrast show, in this kind of show. How do you know when it stepped over the line? Yeah, the line is so different from what we're used to, really. Um, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I do like the sheep skeletons. I'm just not certain it's like. Should this be here? Like the whole reason, <laughs> yeah, it almost the seems whole like reason improper that Kirby's, that Kirby's like method of murder is just eating something is the carnage is all internal. You don't have to see it. Even with Yoshi, you see an egg and they sort of writhe around for a bit. Oh my god, they do not. Fucking, <laughs> you, you fucking creep. <laughs> you, you know, he eats them, they turn into an egg, and the egg moves. Well, it's just following him through instinct. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to get into this track, but there's a lot of questions there. <laughs> well, it does bring to mind a, an interesting part of Kirby physiology, which I think is actually canon. Which is that Kirby's stomach is unto itself a different universe. Like a pocket dimension? It's a pocket dimension. I'm not even kidding. Okay, so this is not uh, Matter Eater Lad physics where he just gets rid of the energy through his pores. No, although why did that... How... No, it's not like that. <laughs> how is that better? I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Because, like, if you had... So if you had a, a hypothetical being yeah. which ate more stuff than a person could normally eat... That is a huge problem for survival. Well, sort of. But you wouldn't deal with that problem by getting rid of the excess energy through your pores. Why not? If you were already using it like as... That's not how humans get rid of extra food. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all that thermoregulation is, Ben. That's no, like two-thirds you... of your energy calorie content. It's not that efficient. You can't just like laser blast out of your elbow. If you're too hot, you use energy to get rid of heat. It's very simple. Oh, you that is so that is such sophist bullshit. <laughs> I, I don't want to handle this conversation with you. By the way, Matter Eater Lad is the worst hero ever. No, don't he's look so him up, good. Everyone. You don't even know. He became a lawyer. Yeah, I know he did. <laughs> you told me. <laughs> you were really excited about it. I'm still really excited about That's it. That's all about Karate Kid and Invisible Kid. Yeah, they were good. Invisible Kid's so great. Even though his actual invisibility power made no sense by the end. <laughs> he turned right, invisible. Well, it's not that complicated. No, 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 he didn't. He, he went into a different dimension. He went oh, into yeah. the invisibility dimension. Don't you remember? You you gotta finish that series, Ben. I'm serious. That happened. <laughs> I remember it very precisely and getting upset about it. It was very upsetting. So, um, no, Ben, you forget. He was dead the whole time. Let's go back to the part where we're talking about the more sensical Kirby universe. Okay, Which is yes. in his stomach. Right. Which is why he's able to use the powers that he... Like, the enemies are still alive in there, floating I, in a void. I don't think... I, it, it's not like Pokemon. It is like Pokemon, but they never come out. <sighs> no, because then how does he get his powers? 
he just like I don't know download downloads them through their pores, Zane. <laughs> That's how King DDD gets his monsters. Downloads them through the internet. Why not? In, in what universe is skin like the internet, Ben? <laughs> Zane, Zane, you're missing the point. This is a Kirby universe. It doesn't need to make any sense. Uh, also, not needing to make sense is how referential this show is. Okay, this is maybe brilliant. Like this is so on point. <laughs> I love I love what they're doing here because the key the word of the day is adaptation. It is not using precisely the format of the show, like Kabu is an enemy in Kirby. Right. In here, he's a totem spirit around which Cappy Town bases their entire religion. And there are other Kaboos on other planets. I mean, like yeah, like some like interplanetary like and he transmission a, system. And he acts as a storage space and hospital for warp mm-hmm. stars. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really great. Vil- I mean, early on in Capitown history, he was conduct. You know, they conducted ritualistic virgin suicides uh, atop Kabu Vesuvius. Yeah, this but- is all released. You know, one sentence at a time by Meta Knight. You of know? course, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he drops little hints, <laughs> delivers a manifesto to Tiff's doorstep. I need like I can't read this all in one sitting. I need to. Re- I needed to get the story out. The real story. Um, yeah. And also... Like, like the, Rorschach from Watchmen. That was my favorite film. The the adaptations of the, like, the mini-bosses, some of them are townsfolk, but some of them are these uh, enemies that they download. Um, <laughs> and you get, to, so you get to see... You get to see all these cool like villains that you're used to seeing in Kirby games. Yeah, you're like, oh man, that's Krakow. I know exactly what he does. Oh man... He's a real problem here. We're like, <laughs> oh shit! Hey, Lolo and La La La. They were yeah. shit tier back then as enemies. Now they're shit tier as friends. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> uh, but actually, what I meant by referential is like references to real world stuff. Like you see it in the episode titles, like a Spice Odyssey or DDD's Snow Job, which I assume is a reference to blowjobs. <laughs> Zane, what uh, do you think it is? <laughs> but I saw references to like Iron Chef, the destruction of coral reefs, Harry Potter. Like Harry Potter, I remember that one. <laughs> there's a lot of references and pop culture humor in here for kind of but no it, reason. Yeah. Like just to fill space? I mean, yeah, kind of. Can, can you think of a better reason? Not really. Like, I mean, the show is already so like... It's capitalizing on an established franchise, right? And at a, a damn popular one at that. Like, everything mm-hmm. that the show is doing is something that we already know about, which makes the adaptation being so faithful such a successful move. So the fact that they would just milk other pop culture references at the time does make perfect sense. You're not really relying that much on the characters to fuel the story. Oh, yes. Because there's not that much story. There's, there's no story here. So you can do do whatever you want. It's like um, it's like the uh, the Treehouse of Horror segment. You do whatever you feel like with this franchise. It's it's yours. Yeah. You do your own thing. Um. So uh, what I do wish happened more often was like I know that you were talking about like referential stuff in their society, like in the episode to episode format to like the meta, pop- yeah the meta humor. Yeah, not the Meta Knight humor, which is, you know, bland. Mostly Princess Bride references. <laughs> um, but what I think would have been great if they went even farther with 
the like transforming of the established franchise characters and like like all of that stuff i love how it's i love seeing a thing from the show from the video games in the show in a different way like you like, wanted to see mark show up and go through his sort of like kind of turn into villainy and then he has to fight kirby on the moon or something dude how pumped were you when knuckle joe showed up <laughs> i didn't see knuckle joe oh my god Zane, go look up knuckle joe right now he talks <laughs> like joey wheeler oh that's amazing <laughs> hey cubby i gotta beat you up so i can fix my sister serenity's eyesight oh geez <laughs> but yeah no like he talks like uh he, he talks like wheeler from uh from captain planet or or joey from uh Cucamonga from Joey Ch- Joey Cucamonga from yeah from Doug from, from Yu Gi Oh no, from Yu Gi Oh yeah I wonder if he was the same character oh my god was he if Knuckle Joe was voiced by the guy from from Yu Gi Oh I'm gonna lose my mind so uh, Zane, uh, the, I that, need you to no 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 Zane I need to, we're gonna we're gonna need to take a pause for a second because I really need to figure this out okay I mean you can keep talking but this is all I'm going to be doing what are you looking up again. I'm looking. I'm trying to figure out if Knuckle Joe was voiced by the same guy as Joey from Yu-Gi-Oh. I'll I'll use the opportunity to put in some more Kirby music. Perfect. <laughs> oh man, come on. Uh, so will we be moving into uh, another thing soon, or do you have a, a more time eh. genre stuff? All right, Zane, look it up later. I want to know this. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was one more thing that I wanted to talk about which kind of relates to the dialogue that we're going to get to later which is that they love making puns (laughs) and most of them come from king ddd which i think is a fantastic decision because he's got the best pun voice which is southern (laughs) if you were were to catalog pun voices southern's the top of the list right um i'm trying to think of some others yeah everything else probably sounds worse i'm i'm trying to think like french accent no good australian if done well can be entertaining i'm trying to think of now who who is australian in this show because there definitely was somebody (laughs) uh but uh so when during the krakow episode um oh this actually wasn't king ddd but i think it's it, it makes my point anyway about the the show loving puns is that when when Krakow is like going through the town and electrocuting everything, mm-hmm. they go from scene to scene making like lightning puns. Oh yeah, and it's really nice. Like uh, you see the the cop Cappy talking to the prisoner Cappy, which look exactly like you expect them to, which is great. <laughs> and the uh, the the pr- the cop Cappy is saying like, I just heard from the DEA, they're coming down with new charges, and then poof, they both get struck by lightning. You know, now that you say like they look the way you that you expect them to, the the cappies have such like like since all of them are cappies, uh, their their function, their role in society, like their jobs, come out through their clothes really well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's I they, think that's why the town has uniforms. so much energy and so much uh, 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 character. Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, I, I'm not going to restate my, my thesis for why I love this town so much, but you're totally right. The the ensembles that these characters put on is, yeah. is really helpful in establishing because, all their roles. Because if your character basically looks like a broom, you have to tell, you have to characterize them and differentiate them by clothes alone. And you have to be really good at that. Right. And, and if you have some dude wearing overalls and he's covered in grease, you're like, I'm about to hear whatever the creators of the show think is a mechanic's voice. <laughs> and then you get someone from the Bronx and it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think yeah. Uh, we should 
switch into animation on that because let's do it the cabbies are differentiated from the more power players in this show um in a really interesting choice because the natives the cabbies and some of the other characters are drawn in the traditional 2d animation while kirby bad guys monsters some machines are in 3d animation yeah Uh, like i think they went with what looks best for each character and situation it does seem like that um and you know i could understand that being kind of jarring when you see kirby for the first time he looks like he's got like i don't know he's got like more dimensions than everything else which is true yeah he's he's glitching out yeah a little bit he's in the he's he's behind the matrix well did you see any sort of commonality to who is is 3d because uh, all the like monsters are and kirby is so you're like mm, oh king star Dedede. warriors but then king ddd is as well and it's like well i think it's just the ones that they felt needed more of our attention maybe <laughs> they needed to jiggle more because ddd jiggles a lot yeah and kirby does nothing but jiggling everything He's... that he does is a variation thereof they basically fill the bag with gravy <laughs> yeah pretty much tinted it pink first you draw a circle then you dot the eyes. <laughs> God damn it, this again. Add some flour and some sauce. And presto. Um, I do love how it looks, though, which is surprising. Because you would think that that would look kind of gross. And indeed it does. But it looks but it gross in a, an adorable way. Yeah, like they know their aesthetic by now. If they can make it look good as yarn and now in robots, like yeah. they know how to make it fit. And it's so it's such an iconic you know, look. Yeah, and um, the characters are simple enough to just go swap template and and put yeah. everything in that new template, and it all still works. Yeah, and it and it's aged well. Like, it oh, still yeah. looks good. It's very good. Like whenever Kirby like does that like little like sucking something up and like walking backwards slowly. <laughs> I don't know like, why he's he trying... jumps. <laughs> he What's jumps that? forward and raises his hands in the air to do it. I have no idea why either of those are important steps for breathing. They're no, they're not, but they're important to like you know. It's like. <laughs> If you're getting ready to like pull really hard on like a tug of war thing, this is like a formula. You like go forward and like you then yeah. you dig your heels and then pull back. It's that and like the Ash Ketchum, you know, turning his hat backward. It's like just his motion. Exactly. I mean, it's not quite as strictly defined as that, but it's very similar. Mm-hmm. And it has the best, you know, epic music ever. So there's that it's, as well. It's that it's really incongruous though, because it's just him sucking in. But it's, like, accompanied with, like, this little electric guitar riff. <laughs> Just, yeah. like, this, like, powering up his feet. And then, like... When, when they I would play love the to hear a fully theme, metal version of that. <laughs> I think that when they play the action theme while he's using his powers, it has the right effect. But when he's just sucking in, it's just, like, this... I agree this that it's incongruous, just, but I don't dislike it. highlighting how silly it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they're like, trying too hard. <laughs> it's, it's the point of the show where they're trying to be the most serious, and they there's like a limit to how much they can do. Accompanied by his angry eyebrows, of course. <laughs> um, the, uh, the 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 motion that follows is also pretty iconic. The copy motion where he like jumps and does like infinite backflips. Oh, and it's then, so good. And then there's these like little like sailor transformation little beats. One that's different for every single power. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty fun to watch. Oh yeah! And again, have their own you know theme there, music power. There's up. a supercut online. Oh, is there? Oh yeah, that's great. What are some of the goofier ones? Um, I think I saw Baton Kirby. Okay. 
he twirls a baton and the thing he's targeting like moves the same way that the baton did telekinesis kirby sure that's basically it puppeteer um, kirby you know, when, you, when, you, when you think about some of the powers kirby had in the games they're like you know, ufo paint, kirby paintbrush yeah yeah ufo kirby like i love how paint is like flatter the now. strongest element in those games <laughs> well yeah like, oh they shit make a... oh shit he's got paint well they made a paint kirby game right he could blind us or redecorate our rooms you don't know yeah. um did they make a paint kirby game Can- so. canvas curse yeah that's right that sounds right um what's interesting is that uh one of the things that i think is less successful is like kind of the pandering dialogue that follows a lot of this uh these necessary you know uh story beats so when he, you know, sucks up a thing and, like, turns into a different kind of Kirby, what always follows that? Oh, what is that? That, that is... That yeah. is Sword Kirby. He has a sword now. That is Jolly Rancher Kirby. You you can pretty much see it. He, he sucks in a different way now. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I, I think that one is just a little bit too pandering, even though it is kind of aimed at... Like, the show is aiming pretty low, demographic-wise. Yeah. But I tired of it. Like everybody knows what's going on. Yeah. Well, I I like. Um, I I think it was fine. I think it was consistent with the younger audience. I'm impressed because a lot of the shows that we watch for a younger audience do not come across as well. Yeah, I agree. That said, I don't know about if about you, but this uh, seemed to me as one of the less well dubbed animes that we've seen. I agree. Let's go into music and sound. Yeah. So, uh, I, I've got, the, the dialogue often suffers, I think. Maybe just because it's a dub, but it might have also been a scripting issue. Yeah, um, there's a limit to how much you can do with the base materials. You have to s- stretch out pretty simple concepts for a while. But it's not stretching, because it's, like, they they have incredibly good dialogue when it's focused on, like, King DDD's scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's super good. It's just when you have to carry the plot and nothing else that the dialogue is is failing. Like, every fight scene is pretty boring dialogue-wise, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not about the dialogue. It's about watching the pretty colors and the no, you but know, fight so, fire with fire stuff. But it's so bad compared to the regular dialogue that it drew my focus. Hmm. And it, it, it seems just like maybe they just didn't focus their creative energy there. Like, I think you're yeah. making their point for them is that they didn't need to focus any dialogue treatment on that. Um, but it, it kind of, you can tell. You can tell where yeah. the holes are. See, I actually, uh, when I said uh, poorly dubbed, what I meant was I don't think that their mouths match up with the sounds very well. There's some syncing issues. And I think both of those, so both of those are little irritations of mine, which pale entirely in comparison to the voice casting. Mm-hmm. because of how amazing all the accents are <laughs> and in fact that's kind of where my gripes with the music and sound end because i think everything is great here actually like on the whole like the the final product the the music i think is excellent music's great like in in the games music is kind of a high point like when i go back and think of why the kirby game is so good it's because you can take any part of the game and it is like, oh, this is way above average. Did they use uh, the game music for the show at all? I don't think they did. 
And that's a weird choice too. It's a weird choice, but I don't I don't hate it. Like, it, it it's got it its works own out better here than it did in Mega Man. Right. Because they just had the one theme. Right, and this one has more themes, and it's like more varied depending on the, the the tone of the situation. So, like right in the first episode, when that big octopus is sucking up sheep and spitting out their skeletons, man, <laughs> there's like this, there's like you would think like it's like this candy colored theme, um, but no, it goes into like a hard rock with thumping bass, and you know, immediately followed by angry townspeople kind of kind of drums, and you know, yeah, almost they... courtroom scene. And, and the powers that Kirby gets, the music follows those pretty well, too. I saw, like, Iron Kirby, and it was, like, a pretty heavy metal drum kind of thing. That's pretty cool. Oh, like when Mario puts on the metal cap? Yeah. Super weird. I can't believe they <laughs> did that. <laughs> Mario goes in pipes. What if Mario was pipes? <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, 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 the music is excellent at making us feel like Kirby is awesome, in contrast to the entire rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Like, it sets up a little turning of the tables theme that's really effective, and a victory theme. You know, like the the da 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 da. da. But yeah, all of the all the little uh all the little themes that go along with every fight, it does follow a pattern. But the pattern is effective, and there's enough variation in the fight that it's okay. Hmm. Um. I have mixed feelings on the intro, though. <laughs> Why? It's amazing. <laughs> On the one hand, their commitment to jazz in the manner of Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra <laughs> is unrepresented in general, so it's nice that it's showing up somewhere. But on the other hand, the lyrics are pretty lazy and nonsensical. They are, but it's... Oh, I, I don't know why, it just makes me smile. as name you should know. Like, I get it. Kirby Kirby's the one. Yeah, and I get it. It's like... Frank Sinatra, like it, it's all kind of about style a, and not so much about band f- sound. Content. It's a it's a big swing band. Like you can dance to this. I guess so. I guess so. But it just it feels forced for the sake of weirdness because of how much it's committing to a theme that it doesn't really deal with at all for the rest of the show. I, I didn't check out the uh, Japanese dub uh, music. How um, was it like? So the Japanese version is even weirder. <laughs> It's, oh boy! It's this weird drum line that's mixed with classical vaudeville, and they're all marching in place with like Kirby's in front, and they're and Tiff and Tuff are right behind. They're all marching really happily, and then King DDD, like you know how in some like uh, old like um, like radio like TV show broadcasts of uh, a bunch of people showing up in like a drum line, like the Captain America and uh, punching out Hitler in that drum in that like. Sure, sure. Like that circle of ladies or whatever. Like, I don't <laughs> yep. know. What, what That's how I remember it happening. Chorus line. There we are. There's like a <laughs> circle chorus. of ladies. Yeah. There's this chorus line, and then Hitler is like the guy who plays, who, who's got the guise of Hitler on, is like walking behind them, and then Captain punches him out. Yeah. King DDD is sort of doing the same thing. He's just like kind of like stalking them, but from right behind them, and he's also in the drum line. It's weird. Jeez. In the marching line, I mean. I don't I don't know what to make of that, Ben. It's pretty strange. Like it's all it all looks like it's being put on as like a circus production or like a musical. Um But I I mean I do think that the American version of the theme song is better. Um like for one thing, the music feels like it's it's just it's just catchier. So much so that it is featured in the rhythm game Donkey Konga. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Along with happy birthday. <laughs> yes, okay, that do, happy birthday. I do remember that being a little concerning. <laughs> like, that whole game was a bit confusing. I really like the conceit and how you could play one of the Donkey Kong games just using bongos. It was kind of more fun than it should have been. I don't think it was that fun, but like I I was charmed by its existence. Like, right when Rock Band and Guitar Hero were coming out and everyone was like, oh my god, look at his fingers go so fast. And it's just like, clap, clap, pound. <laughs> yeah, easy setting. God, Nintendo just gets it. I mean, not always, but it when it has the ability to be in well, like when it ha- when it decides to be innovative it it usually is is pretty successful mm-hmm. Ki- kind of like uh walt disney with ducktales you know like going for the weird thing but it paying off big time oh yeah uh, um do, the one thing i wanted to say about sound effects which are overall pretty good um there's a specific sound that kirby gets for walking around yeah do you know this like thing? it's almost like coconut shells i don't know what precisely it is <laughs> i i can't put a name to it but it's like a it's it's a real scuffly thing what what does it sound like it's like it's like something like that you, you'll <laughs> watch another episode and you will hear it whenever he's like i don't know frolicking because yeah, that's his that's this. the only way he moves <laughs> at a at a at a leisurely frolic I love his vacant expression and his playfulness. Oh, he's just so lovable. So charming. Like, it's just a lovable being. There's no there's no subtlety to this character. Like it no, just it doesn't need it. It just deserves adoration. I don't there's nothing to say about it. Get get yourself a plushie. Just I hug fucking, it. I fucking want a plushie. I so, Not too big, because then you've got that There Will Be Brawl problem, <laughs> where it's terrifying. If nobody has seen There Will Be Brawl, there's... I don't even know. How do you describe... It's like if you it's like if you put Super Smash Brothers on HBO. Yeah, pretty much. It's like there's this weird like mafioso-style war going on in this way too dark and gritty city. First... First couple episodes start a little slow, but keep with it, and it really pays off if you like the games at all. Yeah, or Kyle Hebert voicing Wario <laughs> as a drug dealer. Just just chewing the scenery. Oh, I got it twisting his mustache. <laughs> that's why you put it there. It's twisting. It's That's what it's for. But yeah, getting back to Kirby plushies, whenever I visit someone that I haven't seen in a while, I, I, I always like give that introductory gift of like a Kirby plushie with a different hat on it. Oh, it's perfect. It's so good. Nobody doesn't want that. Like, collect a bunch. Like, buy, buy them in bulk Wait, and just hand out one. But I do want you to look up that sound effect because it's real good. I'm, Will do. I'm bored of Scooby-Doo, like, running away music like, and Looney Tunes walking stuff. This is really, like, mm. original. And I remember, like, when I heard it again, I was so excited. You know, a lot of... A lot of the stuff in this show is original, which is weird because it draws on, like, a very established property. Yeah, but, you know, in the way of, it, like we were talking about with the Smurfs and He-Man, your endlessly interpretive franchises are the ones that you can do the most with. Like, they haven't yeah. ri- they haven't written their, themselves into a corner like Zelda or Samus, you know? Have you seen the footage from the new Zelda, by the way? I have not. It is beautiful. It looks really good. 
I, uh, I, 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 I no longer, I now have a trust but verify relationship with Nintendo franchises. <laughs> just, I, I just wait for the reviews to come out. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to get burned by, you know, by another, um, by like a Star Fox thing again. Oh, yeah. But I heard that, uh, I heard that that was pretty good looking. But, but because it's so endlessly interpretive, you can have stuff like There Will Be Brawl that's, that, like, has King DDD as a mafia don, which is super good. And yeah, they call him the penguin. The penguin. Oh, it's so good. And he's got, like, a papier-mâché beak that they put on someone's face. <laughs> and Meta Knight is, like, a... It, he's just as mysterious in Spanish. Um, <laughs> but he's guarding Kirby, which is just Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. People who can stomach that kind of weirdness should definitely check it out because it's like one of the best expressions of like inverting a setting to a new genre of thing that yeah, I have ever it's... seen. And the whole idea of Smash Bros like taking all the characters together and just putting them in one place, yeah, is equally brilliant when you're like, let's just turn this into a th- like a, a mini series. Like like I'm saying, they they haven't written this mashup continuity into a corner, so they can do that. Yeah, I mean either right. by like just knocking aside the franchise, like the 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 lore, like they did with There Will Be Brawl, or by using something that has base materials that you can put in whatever direction you want, like Brawl and the Family. Yeah, the the web comic that we were referencing earlier. You, uh, well, you, you you heard it here. Kirby, Kirby, Kirby's the one. <laughs> it comes around, <laughs> it sticks in your mind, doesn't it? <laughs> It's like Dino Spumoni singing it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's Kirby. Right yeah. back at you. Zane, uh, I had a couple questions that I wanted to ask, just because we are on the very cogent topic of Kirby. Please. Have you a favorite Kirby game? Oh, well, you know, Kirby Superstar, I've definitely spent the most time with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not as good when you're just playing by yourself. Sure. Kirby Crystal Shards is just beautiful um i don't know if it's beautiful but it's i definitely inventive and what i like about it is you know if you have a friend who's not that good at video games you sit them in front of that and it's great to just watch them play yeah yeah because it's it's very easy Mm -hmm. um yeah you know probably probably kirby uh crystal shards Mm, that's an interesting choice I, i think that game had a lot of missteps actually oh yeah yeah uh, although the final boss is fantastic because, again, they just go to space and, like, fight the devil. Just so uh, yeah. good. Oh, my God. And I just remembered Kirby's Dream Land 3. Which Kirby's was, Dream Land 3, I think, is probably my favorite. Like, it was brilliant. Like, the game itself was good, and then there was this whole extra level yeah. that's only alluded to. I mean, Kirby Crystal Charge does that as well, but yeah. Kirby's Dream Land 3 has the, uh, has the bonus of you or... It's a lot more cerebral. Well, it's you're always doing nice things for like kind of bizarre but relatable friends. Yeah, like uh, the flower that you cheer up by li- licking her. You 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 cheer up a flower in every world in that game. Oh, it's so good. And like you can like get an angel her feathers back or mm-hmm. like impress. Kill all the last Metroids. Yeah, kill all the Metroids for Samus. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weird. It's a weird game. And then there's Gooey, who's adorable yeah it's just like if you, yeah just like boiled down kirby into like the cutest bits <laughs> and left all of the unnecessary oh, stuff like limbs I, 
I, th- I thought he was really gross, actually. <laughs> and just had this huge tongue, like one of those insects that's tongue is like five he times as like long as its body. It's just like an amorphous... He- no, he's like uh, that uh, the-, the boss of the water temple. Yeah. Um, what I like best about Kirby's Dream Land 3, which is something that I think they do a little with here that I would have loved more of, is the animal companions. Yeah, th- I saw Kine in the- in this show. I heard that Kine showed up. I would love it if they, like occasionally helped out Kirby like by giving him a vehicle essentially that would well, like that, I'm telling you man that new game where he's just in a bunch of robots <laughs> yeah I can't, I'll have to check that out yeah man Kirby's so good well what I do really like about Crystal Shards is the mixing powers mixing powers is strong I wonder if they could I don't think they could have done something like that in this show no, that would have been a little too... This is more like a superstar where you have one like theme of powers and you can use it in a bunch of ways. Because it's not limited. Like they can, like you see him have powers from all different games. Oh, yeah. And even a few they just made up. Yeah, broom. I mean, I guess broom. that's from Kirby's Dream Land 3. Baton. Yeah, baton. Mike. They put Mike chainsaw. in there. Um, Do they have Chainsaw Kirby? No, I wish. <laughs> just um... one of his arms turns into it? That'd be pretty good. Yeah, it's like and he, gets a, he gets a hockey mask. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, What's your favorite yeah. Kirby power? Oh, gosh. I gotta go fighter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, bird. I'm thinking bird. Why do you want bird? It's fun to fly. <laughs> <laughs> if you want that, go jet. The yeah, Kirby I don't power wanna, that makes no sense considering his like astrological, uh, astro, astronomical beginnings. How are it also you, like, makes no sense given his aerodynamics. Well, yeah, well, that is also true. I'm kind of curious about like what cr- what's the criteria for Kirby getting a power? Ben, does he fly in this show? A little bit. It's more of a hover. It's it's a yeah. Goliath esque glide. He can fly Those when he has to. Little bubbles come up above his head. Yeah, yeah. He can fly really when he cute. has to when it's necessary yeah. to. That's what the great thing about shows like this are because you can answer them all with yeah, it happens when it needs to, and otherwise it doesn't. It's weird how over time in the Kirby series, they de-emphasize the flying and they increase the emphasis on the copy power. Do you think that's weird? No, I, I like I think it's interesting because like this trait, because originally in the first game, he didn't have any copy. That's true. That's true. Um, and I, 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 I just like how this bland. character, I just like how they like steadily improve him. Yeah, they keep on like, I mean, this, I, I I mean, the, the Watch Out for Fireball guys, they came to the same conclusion is that they just kind of found a formula and keep doing minor tweaks to it to, like, just improve it over time. Mm-hmm. And, like, stuff like, you know, Epic Yarn is not my favorite game, but, like, there's stuff in it that is, like, unique enough and fun enough that I'm like, oh, there's something here that nothing else in the Kirby franchise has, and I'm glad to have played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, now that we're talking about the copying, swallowing thing, the vortex in this show is so intense <laughs> oh the the like wind power yeah the, no just like the typhoon that he like just oh his the breathing. vacuum yeah it is all encompassing <laughs> <laughs> it's so incredible it looks great like a bunch of people are almost being sucked into him he's like sucking up trees and shit the range on that thing <laughs> and I, I can't get enough of the the the, the song that accompany it accompanies it the theme that accompanies that it's so good yeah all right anyway um i guess that's pretty much it 
I always feel weird go- coming out of the, the, the game shows that we do because, you know, this is our 64th episode. So in the manner of our 32nd episode, Mega Man, we have to do a show that's based on a video game. But I always feel like I've missed something and I'm not going to get the chance to talk about it again. Oh, yeah. Like- Which is a sh- I don't know. Like, there's so much to say about how much I love Kirby that I feel like I've mi- like left something out. Well, if if you come up with something, I'm sure you can say it on our next episode because we will be looking for things to talk about. <laughs> you think so? I think that they're just going to come at us. Saying... There's going to be a lot of things, but they are not going to be cogent. So saying something about Kirby will fit right in. <laughs> okay, what, what are we watching? So. We are watching the show Pelswick, which is... God gonna be interesting if only because it's about uh it's about a boy what is in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. um which is you know a a really brave and kind of bold idea for a show um but then after that what are we doing uh well i thought that we could check out a uh show on cartoon network i i heard that you alluded to this before the episode started that it was going to be another hail mary and you know that when that happens we either get a king arthur and the knights of justice or a generator rex yeah. so i ask you this which are you are you my personal god or the devil uh well i actually you know i've seen this show before i remember it being you know moderately good and i'm sure there's a lot of like deep lore that we'll be able to like insert into it uh, so we will be watching Codename Kids Next Door. Oh, man. Sorry. <sighs> yeah, I, there's no secret about this. I kind of hated this show as soon as it showed up. Really? I, I was, a I was of, feeling it for a bit. Man, I, I really disliked it. I don't know whether it was the aesthetic or like the, like, we're kids and we're edgy. Like, I don't know if it was that or like the blatant archetyping of characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I'm got really negative feelings going into that. You, you didn't like that the fat kid was named Hoagie? I mean, that's just a knockoff uh, hoodie, right? From As Told by Ginger. Mm, maybe. Well, I mean, and, I... And hoodie was royalty, I'm gonna, if, if I remember correctly. I'm going to go into it uh, optimistic, and I'm going to have my pe- hopes... pessimistic. I'm going to go... I'm going to have my hopes dashed, and hopefully we'll have something fun to talk about. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean... <laughs> I don't know, Zane. Yeah, you know, you 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 sometimes surprise me, but I think that this one is gonna be a is gonna be a real spite cast. Okay, well, we'll we'll find out. Yeah. So anyway, if you have anything to say about either Pelswick or Codename Kids Next Door, please contact us on the Facebook page. Leave a like or rating or review on iTunes. Go to our website www.cartoncast.com to leave a comment or suggest a show, and tell your friends. If you have been touched by Kirby as much as the rest of us. <laughs> or if you've been clobbered by King DDD. We, we need some evidence. Or just eaten wholesale and are, con- and are communicating through the vacuum of space from another dimension. Gosh, the, the more you think about Kirby, the worse it always gets. I mean, it's sort of like, the, uh, it's sort of like uh, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, but with the ratio mixed up. You know, like half of it's kind of kind of cute, and the rest of it is horrifying. Like they're trying to creep the horror in through the back door. <laughs> but no, nah, not for this one. Kirby, creepy back door. <laughs> There's really no end to like good Kirby game names. I mean, the Kirby colon naming convention is is pretty solid. <laughs> Kirby colon. Kirby colon. Yeah. Kirby, um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he he eats Will Smith and gains the power to like have his throne turn upside down. <laughs> in West Dreamland, born and raised <laughs> in the supermarket where I spend most of my days, chilling out, sucking, relaxing, all cool, and all shooting some warp stars outside outside of Kaboo. Outside of Kaboo, <laughs> with a couple of kings we, uh... that were up to no good, started making trouble in my neighborhood. <laughs> So I ate them and then attacked their friends with their bodies. <laughs> my mom said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. You're, you're moving in with Meta Knight, who will train you to become a warrior. To defeat God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, thanks, Kirby. Thanks, you, thanks, Kirby. You've taught us all a real lesson. The, 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 uh, Kirby's defining of that line between the most serious and the most not serious is is just a sight to behold every single time. Anyway, um, yep, we'll we'll see y'all later. Um, until next time, vaya con Dios. Let's say you come across an evil tree. You again? By yourself, you're in trouble. But if there were ten of you. Ten is better than one. It's the same with Kirby Mass Attack. You can control a mob of up to ten Kirbys to overcome obstacles, pummel your enemies, and uncover secret paths. It's a Mass Attack! Kirby Mass Attack for Nintendo DS. Rated E for everyone.